welcome back to Asians Represent and Happy Lunar New Year. My name is Daniel. And, you know, for this Lunar New Year, I thought it would be great to release the audio from our latest Caratour stream um, for a couple of reasons. One, because I think that this is a topic that is you know, worth listening to, even if you haven't been following our Caratour adventures. Uh, and our most recent read-through, which included a new member of our cast, uh, Austin and Agatha actually joining us, which is awesome. Um, we kind of stumbled upon a really interesting example of how using contemporary cultures and real-world histories can cause a lot of harm in your fantasy campaign settings. Um, so a little bit of content warnings. We are talking about Xinjiang in, uh, in this latest episode of Caratour. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to warn you about that. Uh, but that said, we don't have any announcements. I hope you folks have a happy new year. Spend some time with your families if you are able to due to the lockdowns. Eat good food, you know, and appreciate what you've got. Uh, that said, please give it up for our amazing Caratour cast. And once again, happy Lunar New Year. I'm so shook by the, the art design where on the side is just like Chinese yeah. characters that keep yeah. saying foo 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 foo. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, my, 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 I, had, I had to show this to all my family members. They're all like, why? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Every page, too. Not just every like, age. Not every just page. like chapter head or once I know. in a while. They're like, no. It's, it's remarkable how many people it took to decipher what that actually says. I had to make sure there wasn't like some kind of weird context that I wasn't understanding. Like, no, there's there's none. <laughs> so, so, okay. So producer Daniel saying like, my goal right now is for us to try to get to page 14. And I know that's a oh, lot. Snap. I know that's a lot, but Damn. on page 14, there is literally pages. a section called, there's three sections. It's the honor of honor the show, the yep. clan and the way of work. Yep. Oh. So I would yep. love for us to get there for our next month. For our next month. <laughs> I mean, I I I, I appreciate producer Dan. <laughs> I, I, producer, I, 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 I appreciate it and I appreciate you putting that there as like a carrot. <laughs> but I'm also just like, oh, that carrot. It's just two pages, but oh, that this, carrot. This is, is so this far. is Michelle saying, I appreciate you, producer Daniel, but six pages is a lot for us. Yeah. <laughs> a little ambitious. I just, I just like setting, you know, I, I just, it's an exchange between producer and content creator. And we're just like, yes, I appreciate you putting this there. I would also like to make you aware of the very real, <laughs> the real constraints we will have to do. <laughs> Yeah. One does not simply get to page 14. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> We've got uh, physical descriptions of people we need to read first, and it's very awkward. I've, I've just... <laughs> I've, I've scrolled to something that I was like, oh, this is... This is... <laughs> On on page twenty five, because we haven't yep. officially we haven't officially oh. started yet. On page twenty five, there's literally a section, and I don't know what these are. They're oh, they're nine immortals, and one of the nine immortals is called Jade Ladies. They're just Jade Ladies. Yep, yep. The lesser immortals. <laughs> yeah, they have the lesser yeah. immortals. There's the original nine, and there's supposedly lesser immortals. And um, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me just open Jade this, Ladies. and this is gonna quickly overlay the stream. 
fix that. Yeah, rice spirits. So rice is still there. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, but we're not going to get there for like a while. A while. <laughs> yeah. Um, SpongeBob six months later. Six months later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, where are we? Okay. So I think before we should start, I feel like I mean Agatha and. Austin, before we introduce you, y'all got a role. Like, what department or, or ministry are you going to be placed in? It's like a D20 role. All right. I know, I'll, Austin, I'll, you were like, I'll do this digitally since my, uh, I, I haven't used a I'm proper sorry. D20 in uh, several years. I was I'm busy taking a picture now. of the foo 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 for our tweet because <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle it. I'm like taking a picture of the screen right now. <laughs> Okay, so I just, I just, I just uh, digitally rolled myself, and I got a nineteen, which I believe that's the Census Bureau. Yep, you're the Department yeah. of the Census. You know, that's a good one. Yeah, that's like one. Census mm-hmm. is important. Oh, what did what did we get? I think I got taxation or extinct beasts. I forget precisely. You got a I cool one twice, and I don't. I think I was like you, reclamation or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think you were Extinct Beasts, Michelle. Yeah, I think that was what it was. I think I got something boring. I don't remember anything. I got dinosaurs, essentially. Yeah. Oh, I should roll what province I'm I rolled, I rolled a four. Oh, Agatha, <laughs> Ministry of War. Hey, oh, oh, it's like, wait, it's like, um, it's like our... It's like our, 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 our beak feather bone. Yeah, thank you. That was like... Yeah. Yo, that's that's. Oh, what I also for. just rolled a D twelve, uh, so it looks like I'm going to be out of the 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 Ma Yuan province. Oh, we'll find out what that is. Yeah. In, in two months. That yeah. means nothing to everyone because they. Yeah. Are you sure it's going to be two months? That seems a bit uh, enthusiastic. That's ambitious. <laughs> you know what? Oh. I got I got Hai Yun uh, number gonna, four. I'm going to roll again on my Swarovski D twenty. Oh, oh. Wait, wait. wait, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear that Swarovski. Excuse sound. me, could you repeat yeah. that? Sorry, yeah. it's because it's because I've got a, a big, uh, a, a giant mouse pad. But oh, right. I here, wait. If I see, hear how heavy it is as it lands in my hand. I'm so glad Watsy added that little sound effect for this Swarovski. It's like you drop it and goes, whoa. <laughs> well, I rolled I rolled a six and uh I'm the Department of Agriculture, so that's great. I feel like that makes Well, sense I mean I'm s- I was I was very happy with being the Department of Old Majory. Yep. <laughs> I feel like that suits you, Jackie. I feel like that really suits you. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> it's just oh. like a clo- It's just like a, a warehouse full of really old mages. It's just like yeah, it's just I mean, a that's warehouse. really what it is, and it's just like it's. I. It's just it's just so, me it's, being being surrounded by a bunch of old people. So instead of it be so instead of it being the department of like ancient magic, it's literally the department of ancient magic users. Yeah, that's what it's become. Um, yeah. Well, it's a state subsidized like retirement facility <laughs> and for mages. Just, yeah, for mages. Uh, speaking, speaking of state subsidized <laughs> retirement for old mages, welcome to Asians Read, our subsidized retirement for old D&D content. Um, oh, that was a 
that was a bad segue, but wow. <laughs> for me. That's, that's one of my worst ones. But that's you tried, a, you tried. <laughs> welcome, everyone. It's the first Saturday of the month, and it's time for some Asians read Caratour the Eastern Realms campaign setting. Um, I'm Daniel, and I'm joined by our amazing crew of, of experts, members of the game design community, academics, podcasters, some just dope people. Now, on our last episode, we we uh, we lost a member of our crew. Mackenzie has has left to do some amazing things, and Mackenzie is now a designer at Wizards of the Coast on the D and D team. And we are just so incredibly proud of Mackenzie. Mackenzie, if you're watching, we know you're going to do dope things. Um, that said. When you said that we lost her, I was like, what did we ford the river? I imagine Mackenzie being Gandalf on the bridge in Moria and just being like, read you fools. And just <laughs> dropping it. I'm just like, Mackenzie! <laughs> and then like Jackie is like, Jackie's pulling me away, like, like bore me. Yeah. And I'm like, ah! Mackenzie's falling. Definitely me. <laughs> Hey, look at the bright I side. Claim- I, get to be pl- I get to play Sean Bean and I get to have an awesome death later. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think like Emma's Legolas. Emma just oh. has great Legolas energy. I, yeah. I can see that. No actually. one's ever told me that before, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Emma's Legolas. I'm apparently Frodo, Jack, Cormier. <laughs> who's, who's Michelle? Who's Michelle? I feel like Michelle's... I feel like Michelle's Aragorn. I think Michelle's Aragorn. Oh, snap. Oh, yeah. Excuse me while I just I go back out with my horse in a dream sequence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just smolder like at the camera like, for a bit. Wait, are you not going to show off your fancy sword to everybody you meet across the land? <laughs> I do have this parry knife that I use. <laughs> You're not going to parry a random sword that's thrown at you just out of nowhere? <sighs> Oh. And then my father-in-law shows up and is like, yeah, so like we made this sword. We reforged it. We, we made this sword for you. You could take it if you want. <laughs> yeah. Also, my daughter oh, it- has the hots for you. Now she's dying. So yeah, thanks. Because <laughs> like, of you. Oh, because of you. <laughs> because of me. Also, uh, here's an electric razor. Shave. <laughs> I know. That, that said, we've got our Boromir, Aragorn, our Legolas, and our Frodo. And we have, at the end of the Fellowship of the Ring, lost our Gandalf, but we have two new members of our fellowship. Two new members, Austin and Agatha. Welcome. Welcome to Agents Read Caratour. Agatha, you know, uh, a a known face and voice on Asians Represent, but Austin, a a new member, somebody who is, you know, you've been with us on our Discord community for a long time, and you were like, yo, tag me in, Daniel. (laughs) Tag me in. Let let me into this uh, this trash fire here. I want to burn a, alongside you. Uh, yes. That's a very yeah. merry, I feel like that's a very merry move. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Merry okay. mood. Oh, cute. So was, he the, one, was he the one who, who asked about second breakfast? Because like. That, that, my Pippin. Pippin. That, that was Pippin. 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 Okay, that's Pippin. Okay. But Merry is just like, oh yeah, take me with you. Like, I want to fight for the writers of Rohan as well. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I uh, thought it was like, take you. me with you. And then like, where are we going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also a valid question though, in real life. <laughs> Austin, Austin, you can be Mary and I'll be Pippin. We will. Right, sounds good. <laughs> oh, that's a plan. That's great because you, you, you would rally the, the Ents at Isengard. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and, and instead can... of, 
instead of second breakfast, it's like it's time yeah. for second stream because we also streamed yesterday. Oh, <gasps> is that is that a better segue? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I wasn't trying to say, but but I was trying to introduce you to. So Aww. you know the the audience knows about uh, you know Jackie, Emma, and Michelle. But how about we introduce our two new like crew members, two new members of our fellowship. Austin, let's start with you because I, I don't think people haven't seen you on Asians Represent before. So, so who are you? What do you do? And what are you about? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is my name is Austin McKenzie, by the way. So some nice continuity <laughs> here. Um, I am uh, I'm half planned, Miami, half Scottish. We uh, planned that. We planned that. For the, yeah. <laughs> um, so I am a uh, I, I am a game designer. I created a system kind of based on uh, the style of like Japanese animation, a um, bit of superheroes, Western uh, media called Valor, uh, which I basically completely self fund through my uh, more professional work, where I do kind of supply chain sourcing um, things like that. So uh, I'm the one who's always like screaming at a movie, like, "How did you do that?" That doesn't make any sense. You can't just make a plane. Do you know? Do you know what goes into that? Uh, I, I promise, Daniel. I'll try to keep that to a minimum here, but uh, it, it is possible that these feelings will spill over. Uh, but yeah, so I I make basically yeah an anime tabletop D10 system and uh, and work a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look, that's super awesome, and I, I hope your background comes co- kind of comes into play when we're talking about these like massive cities. How did you source all of this? Where did that come from? Like, these are all like really <laughs> valid questions. And of course, Agatha, I know some people only watch our Caratour stream or only watch the Caratour video. So, who are you? Who am I? Um, hi, everyone. I'm Agatha. I am the co-founder of Asians Represent, along with Daniel, our, our illustrious Daniel. Um, uh, I right now am co-host to our Friday stream with the wrap-up, where we talk about whatever is relevant right now in role-playing, um, tabletop role-playing games, and also just all the things that is trending right now like we just talked about star wars yesterday um i learned a lot <laughs> about star <laughs> wars um and i am also co-host to the asians represent podcast and am on the um dungeons and asians stream playing as a shrimp aka myself <laughs> no um <laughs> and i do uh cultural consultations for uh tabletop role-playing games. I have done sensitive reading. I do a little bit of copy editing and translating from Chinese to English specifically. That's, uh, that, that's me. Yeah, I guess you do a lot of, you, you do a lot of dope stuff and I'm super, exci- I'm super excited that you've joined us for this because I think, you know, you bring a wealth of experience to this, to this group. And I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that we have a full group of six now. Um, that said, since you two are new, I wanted to go over our framework that we are using to approach this. Uh, we did. We started doing something in the in the more recent streams for Caratour, and it's that while a lot of the stuff that we're going to read is just hilarious, it is. I I find it genuinely funny. Um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to kind of informally rewrite Caratour. Like, what would we do instead? Uh, and it has slowed us down, but I think it, it it's providing uh, a much needed uh, sense of 
direction for how people can kind of reframe Caratour uh, if they continue to want to use it. So there are four things that kind of underlie our Caratour stream. One is that the world building on Caratour is based on harmful real world stereotypes and the reductive blending of like cultures, ethnic groups, and even time periods. Uh, two, uh, it depicts Asians as violent and savage. Uh, three, Asians are seen as uncivilized and in need of saving. And four, Asians are objects of fetishization. Uh, so those are the things we're, we're kind of basing this entire stream on. And that's what is guiding our read through. So if you are following along, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, or if you are watching us live on Twitch, again, first Saturday of every month, we are on page nine. Now, before we do that, I know that some of us have some news. Uh, if anybody has any news that they would like to share, let's start with that. I know, Jackie, you've got some big news that you announced at Session Zero Con. Yeah. So at Session Zero Con, which, we, which uh, Daniel was, I know I saw Daniel there for like a brief minute. Yeah. <laughs> and there were other people, All there were wonderful creators there as well, but we had the wonderful pleasure at session zero uh to announce for unbreakable publishers we're releasing four books in 2021 uh we're gonna and we're, so we have in the first half of the year we're gonna have two brand new product lines uh revolution and pathways uh they are going to be featuring non D, &D systems so it's gonna be mostly like a lot of other systems like forge in the dark uh, we have uh, I, we have an adventure for Iron Sworn. We also have a lot of system agnostic stories in there as well, so they can fit for a wide genre of systems. Um, so we have wonderful stories like uh, there's one about overthrowing a rat king. There's one about re about traveling with uh, looking for um, mystical artifacts. Uh, at least learning its origin story. And then there's a few. I know there's a few other stories about, that I don't want to spoil yet because. There's, there is a lot of great content this time around. And oh my goodness, if only you could see the art now. I, I, I just got shown more art yesterday. Oh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> so sick. But, but anyway, so yeah, the first two books of 2021 will be featuring a story. The revolutions feature stories about uh, anti-colonialism, uh, resisting oppression, overthrowing tyranny, um, that sort of, those kinds of stories. And then Pathways is going to deal with uh, stories about food, family, and traveling, and kind of intermixing all of those three elements, um, because it's all about the things that connect us as Asian peoples, as Asian families, as all these are the, all the, these are like the glue that holds a lot of us together. And so we, and these are what connects us to each other and to an, different people. So we want to have that kind of, those kinds of stories. And then in the latter half of the, in the last half of the year, we're going to have the continuation of uh, of D&D 5e content with volume two and three, continuing that tradition. So we will have brand new stories for that. And I'm very happy to say that this year we have over 60 contributors between writers, artists, and editors. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's dope. Solid. I'm also one of the editors on Revolution. Ooh, <laughs> um, does, uh, how about the rest of you? Anybody else have any announcements? Nope. Um, aside from Balak Bayan, which yeah. is, uh, Balak Bayan Into the Dark. That's one of those short campaigns that we have right now on the Asians Represent Twitch. And it's also going to be on YouTube. I'll be uploading it today. Um, <laughs> if I only finish rendering. Uh, yeah, so that's run by Jammy. Uh, it's a cyberpunk. Um, it's a 
cyberpunk game that is very heavily inspired by Filipino folklore and history. And it is sick the way the two things are so tightly interwoven with each other. We're telling an Asian take on cyberpunk. And so it's both super cyberpunk and super Asian and it's amazing. You should tune in on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It is it is like a completely different cyberpunk. I have, yeah. it's a cyberpunk I have never experienced before. So I'm I'm yeah, super same. happy to just be able to watch and moderate the Twitch chat, but also like, I'm just so happy that like, you've, you've learned, you're learning new skills and you're doing the production stuff. Like, <laughs> so proud of you. Finally. Um, hey, look, <laughs> look, you know, we all learn at different rates. And like, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that you are, going and putting content on the Asians represent Twitch and YouTube that you're passionate about. Like, I think that's dope. Um, I've got one announcement. Uh, you might've already seen it, but I am one of the contributing designers to the officially licensed Avatar The Last Airbender RPG. Um, hey. Yeah, you know, I'm super, super excited to be a part of that. Um, when Mendez called me and he was like, yo, so we're doing a, we're doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> one in and i'm like what's this thing that it's sounds like, like mendez yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like we're, we're doing this thing it's, it's avatar and i've been asked to assemble a team an asian avengers of design <laughs> he, did, he, did, he didn't say asian avengers of design i'm just inserting dialogue there but i was, was like certainly implied by the sound of it certainly implied and i was like <clears throat> son of a bitch i'm in <laughs> and uh yeah so it's it's super cool i think what i'm most excited about is that you know a group of asian designers is getting to to work on this mm -hmm. I'm super excited because i i feel like if i feel like if we weren't on this i feel like a bunch of like non-asian people would be doing this and i feel like this this is a good opportunity for us to kind of fix the little things that are in Avatar. Um, but yeah, super excited to be a part of that project. Um, but yeah, now that we got news and now that Michelle's cat had made an appearance on the stream, <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's get into it. We're on page nine, the Forbidden City. I take a long sip of my water because <laughs> do this. By the way, that was, that, was, that was big firebender energy there. <laughs> thank you thank you energy. I, I i i definitely like say i would be like earth kingdom i, I definitely think i would be like a, like a like an earth bender um most because i think like metal bending is super cool metal bending metal, metal bending, bending is real sick metal bending and, thinking, and then like the yeah. lava bending too no, 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 like, i was thinking the other day about lava bending because te theoretically speaking for earthbenders they, they can't apply pressure so if they take if they create lava they can apply pressure and actually forge a sword from raw lava and still metal bend with it oh that'd be cool that's super cool <laughs> so it's the way i thought about it i was like oh you'll be really neat is if um mako and bolin teamed up and mako was like superheating stone until it turns to magma and they were like combining their bending abilities to make this mm -hmm. super cool synergy and i was like missed opportunity uh, I, I feel like we missed a lot of like element synergies that we could have seen <laughs> yeah but hey We'll see in 2022 uh, when the RPG comes out. Um, that said, let's start with the Forbidden City, page nine. I don't know why. Maybe I'm stalling. <laughs> uh, 
All right, so this is because uh, I I have the map up. I'm trying to get a pl- uh, location here. This is in Sholong. This is in Sholong. This is at the, mm-hmm. the located at. Let's see if you could find it based on the description. Uh, <laughs> located at the heart of the imperial capital, the Forbidden City is truly the empire center. Is it at the center of the Sholong geography? Um, Within this great compound are the palaces of the emperor emperor and his family, the halls of the government, and the great hall of judgment, where the son of heaven sits upon the jade throne and rules the empire. It is surrounded by huge walls, nearly three stories high. Even the walls themselves are permeated with passageways and rooms. The central court of the gate of heaven can hold nearly 100 horses, while the vast court of the throne can hold an army of 5,000 men. Uh, the, the exclamation point. That's some punctuation there. Point. Very excited that, about that. that. Had, there, was, there needed to be emphasis, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, it's strange. Um, <laughs> the Hall of Judgment can hold 1,000 men upon its vast gold and marble floor. And from its seven great balconies, it is said the emperor can observe the distant mountains of Tabit. Uh, guess what Tabit is? Um <laughs> Even the halls of government are built upon this titanic scale, standing four or more stories each, roofed with red tile and covered with golden carvings depicting the offices of their respective ministries. Designed by the court architect Sam Ma Ling in 868, the Forbidden City combines the finest elements of craftsmanship and feng shui. The doors of the halls of government face north and south. There are 30 buildings of the great concourse of government, a propitious number. Um, Each building is a balanced square or a rectangle based upon the golden mean. All windows and doors are circular. Okay. Uh, In the (laughs) moon gate style that promotes the greatest harmony, the entire city is raised above the rest of Kota Lung on a man-made plateau, and all windows face either the Hengzi or the upper Chanlu. What? Feng Sinshu. Feng Sinshu River. Why is the there? Yeah. It's thrown me off. Uh, the Forbidden City is surrounded by the imperial capital of Kotolung, the kingdom of the virtuous dragon. Kotolung is a series of concentric walled squares with exactly four wards within each square. The innermost square is the Forbidden City. The next contains all of the other halls of government. The next square contains the homes of the nobility and other wealthy people. The fourth square contains the market spaces, marketplaces, uh, while the fifth contains the inns, wine shops, theaters, and entertainments. Interesting way to put that. Uh, the sixth, seventh, and eighth squares contain the living areas of the common people. The eighth wall is the highest of all, topped with a guard wall and has four great gates facing in each direction. The gate to the west is never open at night. The Forbidden City is exactly that, forbidden. Only those of the Emperor's government may enter its walls, and even they may not stay past the hour of dusk. As darkness falls, all of the household guards, maids, and guests of the Emperor must leave the walls of the city for an outsider to be caught within its death. Uh, within is death, 
and not a pleasant one. The Forbidden City is guarded with 1,000 guards, each of sixth level bushi armed with pike, sword, and full armor. The walls are proof against most sorceries and cannot be flown over. A, magic, a magical screen negates the effects of flight and levitation. Okay, so let's talk about that. I have so many questions. Yeah, I get that. Let's let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. Why why is the num why is is thirty a propitious number? Like when has three been a it's a never special number? It yeah. That's my first question. I I looked up. I was like, what is propitious? Because <laughs> I was like, I, I just need to be sure what was meant by this. That that is a question, and also I just. I'm really intrigued by the numbers that are being brought up in this section. Like, there's also like, like seven. A, like, what's with seven? Yeah. Why not I was eight? Like, Why not eight? And it was really interesting that the the word that the number seven is brought up because that's very like Judeo Christian. Like, like in the Bible, all things like all the things that are, um, uh, for emphasis, things are usually put in sevens, right? But that's not an Asian thing. Or yeah. there seems to be a lot a lot of the world building where they'll give it the veneer of of Asian uh, construction, but they'll call back to a lot of meaningful uh, meaningful things to the Judeo Christian perspective. I just um, like Western culture, right? It, like I, I mean it's something we do we we Americans, I guess I should say, we do a lot with our media where we'll kind of shorthand things. Um, so they're like that. That's uh, that's a thing that happens. Like I, I remember watching a video where they were talking about how, like, in the the Disney's Hercules movie, for example, he gets on his knees and prays in the Christian manner as opposed to doing what a what a good uh, Greek boy would do, which is like slaughtering a goat to Zeus. Um, so like that 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 is. A thing that Americans like to do in our media. When you said Disney's Hercules, my my head it went to Hercules right right away. <laughs> I mean that's the best part of the movie. So, yeah. yeah, I mean Go the Distance is still very heartfelt every time I hear it. Oh, it's a great song. Um, it's a the music is very good. Very yes, good. That is true. But this isn't. But this isn't. But this isn't Asians watch. Disney's Hercules. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. That would be that funny. Would be great. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should do Asians watch live action Mulan. No. Sh should we? Oh, why? Oh, I think that was just Twitter for like a month, you know? That's yeah. true. Like, that's, know, it's already been done. <laughs> I, I can only bleach my eyes so many times in the, the year. Cursed, the cursed movie. Um, so there's yeah. something I'm noticing here, uh, and, yeah. and this is bugging me. So they say that from from this this imperial city, which I finally found on the map, this Cote uh, Long, um, you can observe the distant Talbot uh, mountains from it, and there are literally two settlements and a massive amount of land in between the imperial city and the large mountain range, which is like. I don't have a scale here, but uh, uh, doubt. I mean, uh. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this description in general makes me wonder: like, did they design this by like drawing it and putting it on the map, or are they just describing without worrying about whether it works or not? Right. I, I have a feeling that it's a, a 
a bit of both. I think that they mm-hmm. kind of they just they they came up with this and they had like a rough outline of the map maybe drawn and they were like, yeah, mm-hmm. you could totally see this. Yeah. And they were like, okay, map person, go make the map. And that's why there's this disconnect. I, yeah. I think they also, I think there are two, two things I don't like about this whole Forbidden City thing. The first one is that immediately, well, maybe more than two. First one is, when you say the Forbidden City, you are now very explicit that the show is China. Very specific, right? Yeah. Explicit about that. Because the Forbidden City is literally a palace in China, right? Like, like I've been to the Forbidden City. I know Emma, you've been to the Forbidden City. Has anyone else? I asked this before, but I forgot. Has anyone no. else been? This description here is not the Forbidden City. <laughs> this description is very much not the Forbidden City. Um, I remember when we went to the Forbidden City, thinking like somebody could have easily infiltrated this. Oh yeah. It is. It is like the walls are not that high. Like the gatehouses are high. The walls are maybe one or two stories, but it is not as monolithic as they describe here. And yes, they can put their sort of fantasy spin on this, but when you literally call it the same thing yeah, as a real thing in China, and when you and kind of- And one of the well-known things in China too. Yeah, and <laughs> you also, they're talking about concentric rings and access. Like there is no doubt that this is supposed to be the Chinese Forbidden City. Uh, but they've, they've kind of taken something that is already interesting and feels different compared to the European castles, and they've tried to make it even more exotic, right? Yeah. I mean, Chinese architecture and Chinese imperial architecture has always been about horizontal vastness rather than height. That's like a part of Chinese architectural tradition. It's always about that, and it's always about symmetry. That in itself is exotic enough compared to European castles or even Japanese castles, which are very different from Chinese castles or forts. There are like, if you go on Wikipedia and search Chinese forts or Chinese castles, you won't find anything. You will very likely find like a handful of things. You might find some castles from China's interaction with Korea, or you might find some forts that are built in mountains. but castles aren't really a thing in China as they are in Europe or as they are in Japan. Well, I should note, or would like to know, Japanese castles are essentially just extra large houses. Yeah, and they're, they're tall. They're tall, <laughs> right? they're tall, but they don't, they're not that big. If you ever go to one, you're like, mm, okay. <laughs> it's larger than a, a normal house. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what's important is the complex, the fact that it's raised or in a strategic position and surrounded mm-hmm. by different, different platforms and entries and uh, access can be controlled. That's a Japanese castle. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. It can burn down just as easily as anything else. <laughs> yeah, and the, fr- and the Forbidden City. several examples of that in Japanese history, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Every time a castle's mentioned, it's probably on fire. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the Forbidden City itself in China has caught fire numerous times as well. Yeah. Yeah, it has caught fire numerous times. Um, but for me, it's like, I think the most egregious parts are they've taken this like already really unique thing. There is nothing like the Forbidden City. And they've done strange things in the writing to try to make it even more fantastical or mystical. Uh, but the things that they've done, like saying like all of the staff basically get kicked out. 
That's, yeah, that's really ridiculous. That's that's not how a palace works. Like, yeah. that's really yeah. who's gonna who's gonna Our... empty the emperor's chamber pots? It's literally, it's literally like all the guards, all the staff are just like, okay, time to punch out. <laughs> like, has anybody ever worked? Has anyone ever learned what it's like to be a a, a, a commoner servant in a palace setting? You are working twenty four seven. What's egregious about this though is. Uh, the writers should know better because the writers would have that knowledge from European society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for them to not understand that the same degree of work and constant attention would be required to maintain an imperial household as there would be for for even like a ducal palace or whatever. So I think a counterpoint there is they certainly did know that. But I think the point, I, I think the point I'm trying to make is that while knowing that and while that knowledge is certainly there, like the Forbidden City is very well documented. And you know, we've always said, oh, they don't have access to the Internet. Like they would have had access to a ton of information on the Forbidden City. Um, I think the thing here is that they've purposefully excluded that, excluded the, the logistics of actually running a palace to make right. it yeah. more exotic. And, and it's like even and I think the exoticism is actually really reflected like it's i i agree it seems like they were just like oh well this is not foreign enough let's turn let's turn the foreign up to 11 and we're not <laughs> even going we're not even going to measure the court of the gate of heaven by any metric or imperial standard we're gonna do it with horses and i'm just like <laughs> yeah wait so the essential court of heaven can hold nearly 100 horses what does that mean like are we talking like 98 horses 99 horses it's like a horse and then maybe a small shetland pony like what is <laughs> what is the measure but it's like that and then like oh, i can hold an army of five thousand men it's like well that's cool that you mentioned that and yeah horses and men <laughs> in large quantities is always somewhat impressive i suppose but that's not really giving us a true idea of what the, how large this is, what scope it is. Again, it's like that weird exoticizing veil of like mystic, like just exotic. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, words, flames, flames. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's the exoticism, but it's also that patronizing exoticism where it's yeah. like, we are making we you exotic you. by making you idiots. Yeah, we, which, we, you we know, thanks. Thanks for that. Horses. That's how we measure things in a forbidden city. Also, like, nearly horses. They definitely weren't thinking about this, but like at whatever fantasy pastime this is placed in, horses would have been pretty small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was just, I was like, in my head, I was like, wait, when is Emma going to say something about horses? To I know, I was so excited about too. horses. I'm going to yeah. <laughs> definitely at least get the impression though, that these guys have never actually visited the Forbidden City. Like, I think I think that's a probably a pretty safe assumption. This, yeah, it wasn't have based on the real horse? place. <laughs> have they ridden a horse? Have they met a horse? I don't think they've like, even ridden a horse because even that would have been like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like the Forbidden City, like having been there, it, it, this is actually the, my my background is a photo I took at the Forbidden City. Um, uh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think like when you enter the Forbidden City, immediately it's like this this place is so vast, I can get lost in here so easily. Like, it, despite it being symmetrical, it's, it's, you feel lost there. 
and it's really cool and they don't need to add like oh the walls have passages inside of them like the walls are fairly skinny um and everything like that um it's uh, and plus from like a logistical standpoint anyways when you have multiple rings of of like of built of rings built in you have to have access to other passages because it's both it means it's a tactical advantage and also it's a logistical thing it's right. like you you can't you can't just force everyone to take like three extra like 30 extra minutes to go around a wall instead of just going through it right yeah i and i think it's also the idea that like oh yeah the forbidden city this is like it's like the city from attack on titan you know i i I don't know a lot about Attack on Titans. Don't blame me about this. But like, it's, it's like, oh, this is the last bastion of of the show lung, and they don't have military control over their vast, you know, land holdings. As the same thing goes with like the, you know, the Forbidden City in real life. Like oh, the Forbidden City wasn't even occupied for that long. It was only two dynasties. The the capital of china has moved around so many times but like they control the land all around it so it wasn't built like a fortress it wasn't built um to withstand siege right because it they never thought it would be besieged because of i think monty makes a really good point here because i actually have seen this movie the the last emperor movie which was out in 87 uh, oh the one that, Which um, did feature the the Forbidden City prominently within its construction. Um, I haven't seen this movie since I, like I was fourteen when I saw it, so mm-hmm, it's been mm-hmm. oh, it's about like twenty years. Yeah, yeah, the 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 movie was about Puyi, um, and it did it did depict kind of the 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 fall of the the dynastic uh, Chinese um, and, and the rise of the, the Maoist. Um, yeah. It, so, it, so yeah, that, that, that could be what they were kind of basing it off of is this movie. Uh, it, it would, it would fit with the timeline. It would. It, it would. It's possible. Uh, one of the things that I would have, if I were to write this and captured, if they were trying to do that was like a part of, Puyi's loss of power was that Puyi was exiled to the Forbidden City and was only allowed to be in certain areas of it. So I oh. would have tried to capture the loneliness of the Forbidden City. I right? think that was a part of what that story was about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. like, you know, how Puyi's life at the at the end of his his reign was sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was right. he was functionally a figurehead of the Dowager Empress, if memory serves. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just they they didn't put that there, and this is just a lot of it's written in the same style as every other section of this book, and it's just like they're just gonna blast you with nonsensical information, and then they're gonna interrupt the their flow with D and D mechanics because it's literally like here's this, and then it's guarded by a thousand sixth level bushi. <laughs> they're the group that don't empty out of the city at night. Yeah, yeah. and it's like Makes sense. oh yeah because. <laughs> And then it's like, oh yeah, and then we're gonna limit storytelling by saying the walls are magic proof. You just and, can't do it, yeah. <laughs> and you and you can't fly or levitate over it because it dispels those those magics. It's just like that, that's just how you like that's game design one on one. You're just like taking your reader out of the narrative right there. Yeah, I still yeah. can't get over the fact that it still uses the term bushi for what is clearly China. 
Yeah. I, 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 I give them a pass at that only because they have to work within their existing poor framework. I read ahead yeah. though, they have alternate terms, uh, a few pages that I think are our aspirational uh, goal. We would get to it. They have alternate terms, which they probably should have been introducing earlier since they seem to apply to this region. Oh, that's a that's a that's the trend for the entire thing. <laughs> Literally, yeah. the whole bureaucracy episode was like, "Oh, this is really bad," and then they end it with like, "Oh, here's how to do it." Yep, yep. Okay, well, uh, l- the only other thing that caught me here, and like, this might be related to in-world stuff that I just don't know, and maybe it doesn't matter, but the whole idea that the city is permanently closed to the west. The West Gate is never opened. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Interesting that choices. Was like a, that was a that was like an odd like like nod, and I was like, hmm. I was just curious about that. Cheek. Yeah. The West, the West Gate leads to those two other cities in that mountain range you can ostensibly <laughs> see. <laughs> like there are there are territories to the west of the city within the Sholong Empire, which one would assume one wants to have <laughs> have supplies and trade coming from. But screw you guys, you, 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 you're from the yeah. West. That's bad, apparently. Yeah, well, it, yeah, I, I, I think the funniest thing, though, is like, it does say, like, the gate is on the, to the West is never opened at night. And I was like, so why would you? It's like, I, I guess, but most, most, if you were to have, like, a compound, you would at least keep most of the gates closed at night. Especially if you kick everyone out and don't want anyone in. Aren't all the gates closed at night? They just kick them out. They just keep the other three gates open. I'm like, why? Why do you do that then? Test. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I, Anyways, I, yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, like, I think what the Forbidden City is, like, for tourists, like, you can only go in through, like, the, the south and the north gates. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't go at the east and western gates. But it doesn't make, yeah, it doesn't make sense to close the one gate. That is the one that gives you access to the other places in show. Uh, it's kind of silly. Um, I think they also treat the the idea of the Forbidden City, at least in the way this is structured, as the entire capital, whereas the real Forbidden City was its own city within a city. Right. Right. There's certainly yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was wondering like, about that too, like, about like the where it says the commoners are present, and I was like, but but this is like if it's the forbidden city that's what that's like the actual compound where the yeah, right. royal family like you can stuff, like you can have right? you can have servant you can have like royal servants and those are the designated people there and that's it and then the surrounding area i don't think they understood that the forbidden city is a city inside of a larger city that like, had walls it the, the other walls. well that that does actually seem to be what they're going for because the forbidden this forbidden city is inside of the imperial capital and they, they describe how like there's the the main compound yep. and then and surrounding then they- it is this larger imperial city which they mention you know like the markets and all of that so that, okay. that does seem so to be I misunderstood so, so yeah. i think okay. what they That's should fair. have done to revise this was forbidden city should have been a section that would have followed a talk about um the main city they should have named mm-hmm. the main city Right. Mm-hmm. And then they should have talked about how to all of its rings. And then that section sort of should have ended with at the core of insert name of city is 
the Forbidden City, forbidden city. and then you or go to this section. The Imperial Compound or something right. that isn't or a else real you want place. To call it. <laughs> yeah. You could have said it like the inaccessible capital. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm actually I'm trying to find out where they go into this city because like so, you would think yeah. that Kota Lung would be a, a big But but Kota Lung I think is the is the it's it's literally the the kingdom of the virtuous dragon. So it is the Kota Lung is a I guess a geopolitical region rather than uh like a like an actual location. They, oh, okay. when, when the when they uh just look at it's um it, it, the Forbidden City is surrounded by the imperial capital of Kuo Te Lung. That tells me that the name of the imperial capital, the city that surrounds the Forbidden Forbidden mm-hmm. Palace, whatever, uh, is is Kuo Te Lung the city. But I don't see. See that should. I think the issue is this should have all have been belonging to the places of interest. Yeah, Kuo Te Lung was was the main category, and then. Like as Daniel said, the 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 Imperial compound is its own subheader in under that category because it this it, this is put in a place that's so far removed from everywhere else from co- both context and purpose that it feels like you don't know why this you like we're we're lost as why is this here and why is this put here above where the places of interest would matter because po- po- government and politics yeah sure it yeah it's the seat of power but that could have all fit in places of interest, like this entire pair, like section. And then we could have talked about the authority of it in this section and that's fine. Yeah, cause I think the way I see it is like Kotalung is supposed to be China, right? And then they yeah. have the Forbidden City, but the name of the capital of China is not the Forbidden City. Okay. But that's what they're kind of saying here. They're saying, the capital of Kotalung is the Forbidden City. And then the Imperial Capital, which is the Forbidden City, is this place with all of these rings. And I think it's it's this isn't an example of like bad writing. Oh, it's not an example of like racism or anything like that. This is just bad writing and poor research. Or it's, yeah, it's or just, structure as well. Yeah. Or structure, yeah. It's, put, yeah. it's it's also put it's put in such a weird place. Like, I don't know why this is here when most of this is lore detail and this should have been in the places of interest. Which yeah. is already extremely sparse, like. Yeah, yeah, and separated from the regional information. Yeah. But like yeah. in terms of a, a larger lesson here, I guess, is especially if it's from a particular country or culture, like maybe avoid using real names and terms because clearly we can't separate so coming into this looking at and seeing Forbidden City, we've been talking so long because we're now comparing it to the real Forbidden City and it's kind of just something you can't stop yourself from doing. Yeah. So like, yeah. Unless you're going to directly reference it and do it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Make up different names. I think I said this in the L5R stuff all the time too. It's like, as soon as you call something a samurai, I'm going to be thinking about all the things I already know. And where it doesn't match is going to be a problem for me. <laughs> yeah, and that's the same. Like we've been to the Forbidden City, we're like, nope, this doesn't track. Yeah, uh, there, there's also like the thing where they're saying like, oh, it's guarded against magic. Literally, with like the most basic tools, you could infiltrate the Forbidden City. Like you could scale the wall, no problem, and get in there, and they would not notice you. Especially if, honestly, a thousand guards 
is just not the it's not a lot for for what the forbidden city actually is and yeah michelle apparently you're muted to the stream i can't i can't yeah we can't can't hear you you either oh no oh no did you did you turn it off and on again (laughs) (laughs) i I saw her do that though i saw her mute and unmute she's still silenced what I catch and reattach the cord that's what i did when the mic went (laughs) yeah (laughs) I love I love the suggestion the locked palace. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but calling it like or or Ting said the the impermissible town. <laughs> <laughs> I like the impermissible though. I think the inhospitable cool location. Yeah. The Im- the impermissible place where the Asians live. Um, <laughs> the Asians no. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so we're gonna M- Michelle is just gonna try to fix audio. Michelle, just don't leave the Zoom call because it might it's gonna it's gonna mess with the overlay. Um, the precious overlay. The precious overlay. The precious uh, overlay. But I think if you like change your Zoom input and output or stuff like that, we'll we'll figure it out. Um, that said, let's uh, let's get while Michelle sorts out the the tech stuff. And Michelle, if, I think if you do need to leave the Zoom call, the audience will understand. <laughs> Okay, is that, oh. can you hear me now? <gasps> yes. Okay, yes. brilliant. All right. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Once again, we have triumphed over technology. Uh-huh. Take that. Take that technology. <laughs> Take that. What I, sorry, what I meant to say was, um, God, okay, well, what was it I was trying to say? I, I also feel like, um, to kind of point towards Emma's point, where um, if you're going to name something after something real, and other folks don't have the same kind of context and knowledge that we have about the Forbidden City or about Samurai or about Bushi, then I think it leads to, unfortunately, a lot of really awkward misunderstandings and um, yeah, just misunderstandings about what this is. Like, obviously, you know, hopefully people will, won't really think that this is the actual Forbidden City situation. However, you know, we've seen this again in like other representations of media, people will unfortunately use these as like shorthand stereotypes. And so um, it's just, I mean, I don't think that this is a really egregious example, but I think it lends itself towards that trend as it, as it's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Then yeah. it also like very much situates there. If you were, if this was one Chinese time period, this is the Ming and Qing dynasties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's got to yeah. be those. It has right. to be with the Forbidden Palace. Yeah, exactly. So, so, anyways, let's let's keep moving on to um, let's move on to emblems of authority. Um, so, the emblems of authority are the symbols of the legitimate ruler of the empire. Uh, they have been handed down to the emperor from. They have been handed down from emperor to emperor since the legendary days of the nine travelers, with only one break in succession during the ill-omened black cycle from 976 to 1025. There are nine emblems, each a gold and jade symbol mounted on a golden chain. Uh, Each represents one of the nine gifts of the path, a crystal and jade ball with an eternal flame within fire, a jade hammer, the forge. Michelle, I can see you're just like, 
Um, a golden... No, I'm just like, eh, eternal flame. <laughs> just close your eyes. Let me bequeath this thing <laughs> to you, new emperor. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a golden plow agriculture, a jade horse. Um, okay. A jade horse, a golden wheel, a golden pen, a pen. Um, writing a j- a j pens <laughs> two pens two pens <laughs> she's like i got all this i got all this like imperial bling and two of them are pens <laughs> um a golden mask poetry and drama and a jade oh and gosh. gold a loot a loot oh my a loot okay let's finish this section first and then we'll and then we'll we'll let it all out um <laughs> The emblems are actually quite small. The largest is about the size of a palm. That's freaking huge. That's huge. Oh, sorry, That's, sorry. This uh, the is si- big. Okay, but the size of a palm. Each represents one-tenth of the authority of the emperor. When gathered together, the remaining 10% is incarnated in the physical person of the son of heaven himself so they're captain planet like what is <laughs> or it's like yeah no, it's like the voltron of heaven it's, the, like, it's like the voltron of heaven yes this is, yeah, the voltron. Sorry, sorry, this Agatha, is dragon Agatha? ball yeah. uh, yes it's dragon ball oh my god dragon ball. wait wait when did dragon ball when did akira toriyama first publish dragon ball a long time ago one sec <laughs> yeah yeah let's compare the times but this is also like this is like a Pandora charm bracelet, but it like is. a really necklace. It is. Uh, the original Dragon Ball ran from It's a really large and grotesque Pandora bracelet slash necklace. I cannot handle the the mask as like drama and poetry. I don't. I it really. Not, I don't. I don't that's, like that's, all that's these like, like Greco-Roman references, yeah. like before yeah, with the these, golden mean, very... and now with the drama mask, like freaking is this smiling and frowning? Like what's 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 yeah. happening in this? It's it's this a world. phantom of the opera mask. It's just yeah. a half mask. okay. So, so so let's keep going. Let's keep going because we we still got one paragraph. Oh sorry. Um, in legend, the the possession of the authorities gives the emperor the power to call upon heaven to accomplish his will. This is treated as a limited wish spell with a 90% chance of success <laughs> if all nine emblems are present and dropping 10% for each one missing. The wearer... Dragon balls. Oh my dragon God. Balls. It's Dragon, dragon Balls. Ball. I, I will say Dragon Ball, while it was released in 86, it didn't come to the U.S. until 96. So oh, okay. Um, the, yeah, okay. That's, that's that's accurate. <laughs> the, it's still hilarious. The wearer must be of good slash lawful or neutral slash neutral. It's a neutral slash neutral. Oh I, guess they're refer- oh, I guess they're referring to like true neutral. So it's either your lawful good or your true neutral, which is like a really. You should have just. Oh, you you should have. Oh, they should have. They should lawful neutral. Yeah. They literally should have just said of neutral varieties. Alignment. Or non-evil. I would have accepted non-evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just non-evil would have been fine. That's not historically <laughs> yeah. accurate. Here we go. Here we go. All others will instantly be killed by the rat. Okay. I, so, I appreciate that it's just an alignment check and not a bloodline check, though. Like that's that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Can you imagine though a campaign where like this evil character comes into the room and then the emperor's just like Hua! and like <laughs> throws a necklace he over the cop. He just yeah, eats the, the necklace. Yeah. Insta kill. Yeah. yeah. 
But also, <laughs> if everything's like palm sized, imagine all of these things. It's just like, <laughs> like how? <laughs> <laughs> do you have to be holding them to make them work, or do they just have just to like be near you? Like... Oh, that's true. Yeah. Now the question should be whether or not these should be put into a piece of armor, like common rider, where like you know some of the common rider <laughs> ones, where it's like you have the emblems of all the other past riders, and yeah. you do the crossover hate, like the crossover arc ones, she, where it's just like she, I have all the emblems all together, and you're just yeah. like. Oh no. <laughs> I guess this does set up like an adventure for collecting things. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But that's also, fun. like, let's look at what these things are. <laughs> I would the loot. Oh, yeah. loot. Okay, so do y'all so this is this is so the emblems of authority are actually based on the twelve imperial symbols. So, so there are right. imperial symbols. Yes. Um, and so they are the sun, the moon, the constellations, the mountains, a pair of dragons, birds, ritual cups, water weeds, millet, fire, an axe, and the symmetrical foo symbol. So mm. I feel like they actually made this less exotic, if you will, with what they came up with. Wait, what's the symmetrical foo symbol? I'm not sure. I don't know about that one. This is from the Met. I just I like, like this millet. wasn't based on that. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, I, I kind of feel like they looked at the list and they're just like, oh, millet, nah, my bird needs that. <laughs> I'm but trying we gotta, to, I'm, we gotta replace this. <laughs> yeah, and then the bird is usually like, it's obviously usually a pheasant, which is the the feng huang, right. the, 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 the phoenix, which isn't actually a phoenix. Um, I'm trying to look for the, the symbol. Um, so there are various sources. It's usually like constellations like stars, sun, moon, mountains, dragon, pheasant, um, cups, um, fire, rice grains, an axe. Uh, and then, oh, here, Agatha, I'll, uh, I think it's supposed to be, uh, I'm going to throw it in our, in our Zoom chat. It's supposed to be that. Yeah, link it to me. Oh, oh that one. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be that one. Yeah. I just, I don't think, like, if this was actually based on the real world version, I don't think they would have been like, you know what, we should not make this so obviously Chinese. Like, I don't think they would do that, because Sun, Moon, and all of these other things you're listing seem perfectly fine for what they would want to be doing. So I think this is more of a general, like, symbols of heaven kind of thing. But but also when you see these symbols on Chinese emperors, it's not in the form of this like outrageous bling. It's usually on their clothing. Yeah, this is oh, making me like think so of on, like yeah, it's literally like yeah. the, yeah, it's the like motifs. embroidered. It's yeah. embroidered. Yeah, right. Right. this is yeah. making me think of the um, like European mares and things that wear all of those like plaques. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's what it's sort of me think of. yeah, those like robes or big necklace things that have like. Uh, it's almost like, like uh, and those like a chain are of office. symbols of authority. Yeah, because they do yeah. carry like chains and emblems of office, and oh, I think yeah. they're trying to do that version of it as well. Well, it doesn't say here that it's as jewelry, though. It just says that these are things that need to be present, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then they take you out of it by saying like each gives you a ten percent chance to use this limited wish ability. And yep. also a loot. Yeah. Is and a loot. Like, a loot. As opposed to like a guitar <laughs> or something. Because yeah. this is still D&D, &D, so the, there's, only, there's only European instruments. There are no other <laughs> instruments that yeah. exist. Also, it bothers me that it's like, oh, it's a pen. 
It's Pen a brush. Too. It's a oh, brush. Yeah. yeah, you right. It's a brush. It's a brush. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just really bothered by the shot. fact that the Jade Horse and Golden Wheel were excluded from the symbolism. Yeah, they're like, oh, they have an office. Like, they didn't have a degree of like what office they belong to. They're just like left out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I have a feeling that that's a typo. That's that, gotta be. That might have been a clerical error from the editor. <laughs> <laughs> clerical error. Oh. Also, like a jade hammer. There's a lot of jade going on. Yeah, yeah jade, it was the giant jade throne. I'm still thinking about that. Like, yeah. Also, the. the the Chinese throne was never jade. <laughs> yeah, because no. that was so a, uncomfortable. That, that how is, are you going to get a piece of jade that big? <laughs> I got yeah. ported over to L5R is the thing. L5R has the the jade or the emerald throne. I think it's the jade throne. Um, and then they later have like the steel throne when the, the Nazi emperor comes in. But um, like this has been yep. a thing that is is ongoing, I think, even today in the L5R lore that Amber just sits on a giant hunk of jade. I mean, to be do. fair, I feel like if it was physically possible, like definitely historical Chinese emperors would have been like, give me that jade throne. Like, Yo, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. I, I, that, that, yeah. do it. <laughs> like the limitation yeah. is not <laughs> like in terms of ideas, <laughs> but in terms of execution. But but like, I would, I would love for them to have other symbols. Like I don't like yeah. that it's like a necklace with all of these huge huge amulets i don't like right like like they're just like nine palms like how do you wear that that like covers most of your body you know we're just yeah like, like there, like there's a lot that's that's what i'll say like that that doesn't make any sense like you almost have to have them either etched to armor or etched to something bigger right, right, right. just to just to fit it could have said they're like fitted on a chain though i bet the the emperor's neck muscles are very strong <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's one of the reasons why it, it immediately kills anyone who's chaotic or evil oh, their neck is too, too weak <laughs> <laughs> their neck is too weak it just snaps it see i feel like if it, if it was heavy and it was based on your neck muscles then they would be like well like you have to pass it on if you can no longer physically carry it <laughs> you, have yeah. to, you have to literally make the strength check just to physically yeah. pass it on. yes this yeah. check for like imperial neck <laughs> every morning the emperor all, has to make a strength roll wait wait that probably explains why the emperor never leaves their throne and just sits there all the time because the, the necklace is so they're over there in down. They can't move. Like, ah. encumbered so, encumbered. so <laughs> one thing that i i also think they they really you know missed out on is the is a really cool object that would sit with the emperor and it's the ruby. yeah like when like when we were at the forbidden city or when you've ever seen a museum exhibition of the forbidden city um the ruyi was is like a a chinese ornamental scepter um is a very very culturally important part of imperial rule but like and chinese nobility in general right and this is a huge missed opportunity to have this really unique scepter and an art asset of that scepter um mm -hmm. which would be culturally relevant but also unique enough to be like oh shit that looks totally different from anything we could think of in Europe. right Mm -hmm. Like, and I'll throw that in the chat for for everyone to to look up. Just search that in um in like on Google Images, and you'll be like, oh shit, that looks super cool. They look super different, and you can really um make elaborate designs on them. Uh, I think they're super neat. 
Uh, that said, let's keep moving because we, we got making good progress. We're on the Jade throne. <laughs> um, and so this answers a lot of the questions in the chat. It was like, is the Jade throne actually made of Jade? And the Jade throne, which is the hereditary seat of the emperors of Sholung, is a massive chair standing 20 feet high and carved from a single 20-ton block of Jade. Engraved upon its surfaces are tiny scenes from the reigns of each emperor. Much of the surface still remains uncarved, awaiting future generations. Uh, legend has it uh, that when the Jade Throat is entirely carved, the empire will come to an end. So it's 20 tons. Uh, How big is this chair? It's 20 feet. It's, it's 20, 20 feet high. 20 feet by 20, 20 feet, 20 feet high. Oh, right. So how tiny are these scenes, I wonder? And also, that would make the emperor always look tiny while sitting up. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's uh, why they've the, got the necklace. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the, the throne that is in the Forbidden City is also large, but it is not 20 feet high. I think yeah. the big thing here is like this little thing at the end where they're like, legend has it that when the Jade Throne is entirely carved, the, em the Empire will come to an end. If I was the Emperor, I'd be like, yo, put my stories somewhere else. Don't put them on this throne. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you know what? Carve, carve that piece of wood out there. Don't, don't carve this at all. Yeah, or like, yo, Minister of Propaganda who has like 20 other jobs. Put <laughs> yeah. legend out there. Yeah. yeah. That in your spare time, go do something. <laughs> yeah, in your spare yes. time. <laughs> So I don't know, the Jade Throat is silly. And I saw a comment in our chat was also like, um, Nike Stim was like, would you slide off a Jade Throat if it was just all polished stone? Whoop. Maybe yeah. there's a groove for your, for your, for your butt. Well, to maybe, maybe the carvings. Butt groove. Well, maybe the carvings are also on the seat. So like, maybe oh, the carvings so are like, they add a little bit of like. But like, for why would you, why would you want so, to, why would you want to sit on, on legends about your, your bloodline? Oh yeah, that's, that's grandpappy executing yeah. someone. Yeah. Well, obviously the legends that are carved where you sit are from the emperors people didn't like. But, 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 yeah. but the thing is, I think they're carved during the reign of that emperor. No, so it doesn't which, say that. It doesn't clarify that actually. I would assume oh, it's okay. after, but you know. How we just much? put the ones we don't like on the seat. According to sources, <laughs> it doesn't clarify like, that point. Yeah, how much of the record is there? Because uh, the one example I know of for carving in like the life and career of rulers is coming from the Maya. Oh, and they had entire yeah. temples that were dedicated to one person where every part of that building was carved with their achievements so like this this empire too here? as presented is like at least a thousand years old isn't it i'm it's trying to very, remember very very them. tiny carvings yeah. Yeah. Just like one small. Little tiny. they're yeah. so small so small so small i, I feel they like it's scenes like... plural so i mean that has to be at least two scenes per per emperor and <laughs> so like, each emperor when you're her... like dying you're like you get two scenes which yeah excuse <laughs> me it over here. your highness and they're just like lying there which two <laughs> scenes would you like <laughs> yeah <laughs> This necklace is so heavy. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, it's like, it's like, my my next of kin, take this necklace so I may tell, speak my words. Or is just gonna be like, just carve me with strong traps. 
<laughs> a record of their maximum bench weight like oh my god <laughs> it's, it's literally how how many emblems can you bench press i think it's a, I, I feel like steve's gonna be in the chat being like would it be bench press or i feel like yeah, it'd be well, squat kind of well like are you squatting <laughs> yeah oh my yeah gosh. you're squatting yeah we'll get steve to confirm what what yeah. what exercise one emblem hangs in the middle yeah that's hang on either side and you're like all right let's let's squat this what if you that's, how, that's how they like with it on oh yeah, yeah. oh so yeah, that's how the emperor is able to stay on yeah. the chair they have like strong like glutes and thighs like they're just clenching, clenching on the <laughs> well like the, the current emperor is what a 10th level samurai or something like that yeah yeah but, like he's pr he's probably in pretty good shape then if he's like level 10. yeah so yeah those glutes and this, glutes. Is, AD and this is like ad and d terms so yeah he it would probably be like they would need to have at least like 18 strength to just be competent Okay, so speaking of competence, let's move on to the provinces of Showa. I, oh. I do have <laughs> oh, Emma, one go more ahead. thing that probably should have been added to like the emblems of authority. But I've seen this come up before for things that are based in Japan because there are like real world symbols of the imperial line in Japan. There are three known objects that are supposedly passed down from the gods. And I, I should say for some of the stuff, if you want to use real world examples, look into current politics of them as well. Because in Japan, symbols of the imperial line are tightly tied to like World War II time imperial nationalism. So you have to be careful. Uh, things from the past aren't strictly from the past. They're layered with all of these things. So just before you use symbols like that, look into it. And Emma, the chat's like, it's the sword, the mirror, and what's the other one? Sword, mirror, and the jewel. Right. Oh, yeah. All right. So yeah, it's yeah. a big, it's mm -hmm. a bead, yeah. It's a, a magatama, which is a comma-shaped bead. Oh. Yeah, it's a Yeah. yeah. It, which I remember that from Okami. Yeah. <laughs> from the yep. video game. I learned that from Smite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Amaterasu is associated with all three of these things, and her mm -hmm. children then being the emperors in the imperial line are having these things passed down. So, yeah, just. Oh, I've had a special oh, victory no, condition where you gather all three of those artifacts. Yeah. Oh, I played a dating sim that had those three objects. They show up in the place. Place. Yeah. Wait, do you oh. date? Do you date like the objects? Like, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a game that exists where you date the objects. Uh, there's, there's sure. a, there, yeah. What about was it? Was somebody it, will have made it. What was it? Boyfriend dungeon? Where no, you, you, no. This, you romance the swords? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tolkien yeah. Rambu, oh. is it? The sword boys? I, I, I really gonna... wanted to play that, but it, it didn't come out. Yeah, I thought I I want to romance swords. I think it's out. It's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can, you can get it. No, there's to, there's totally like a uh, someone who's really really pretty sword boy many anime. Times, I've romanced several characters. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I'll throw it in the chat. You, there's literally like, oh, I should play this game. Oh, 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 I'll add this to the list. Oh, I need a switch first. <laughs> oh, this is also you really on Steam. do. The switch is a great system. This is also yeah. on Steam. Oh, Valeria is the dagger. Also a painter. Likes travel, high art, and scotch Ooh. whiskey. Dislikes liars and ducks. Wait, wait. So it you did know, come out? Valid. Yeah. Valid. Yo, I gotta but... play this. Let's play it on stream. <laughs> we should. Does my Ooh. sword need that many abs? 
Yes. 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 If you what? <laughs> Michelle, what kind of question is that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, this is what I thought you guys were talking about when you were talking about sword boys. <laughs> I, put, I went ahead and put that one in our chat as well. There are multiple sword people that you could date, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The, oh, the, I've seen that in passing. The, the <laughs> for her. Oh, I've never. I don't know about this. There's an anime. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, all, I'm also gonna go. Like, are we surprised? <laughs> yeah. No, we're not. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's move on from swords having abs as much as we want to. <laughs> as much as we want to focus on that. Okay. Um, the provinces. Provinces. So here's the first sentence is just like, what? The first sentence, yeah. Before there was an empire, Sholong was many smaller states waiting to be merged into greatness by the oh. hand of a single emperor. Oh, oh. hold on. <laughs> let's, 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 let's get through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Under this great government, certain standards were established so that trade and commerce were regulated, banditry eliminated, and proper knowledge spread to all corners of the land. Here, then, are facts concerning all provinces of the empire. Oh, I Let's hate this. So, like, here we go. It. We're going to do a colonialism now. Like, Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to do an imperial colonialism now. Like, well, here, here we go. Imperialist hey. propaganda. Hey. Also, yeah, this is totally hey. told from top down. Like. Oh, yeah, and Agatha, Agatha, because I know Austin's watched, has seen all of this series, but Agatha, this book, like, the character of the campaign setting book is written by an Asian character for a white character. That's the narrative that this book is. For Elminster specifically. I Elminster mean, I specifically. Like for Elminster. That needs for to be said because Elminster is a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But also it's yes. it's this like dragon, this yeah. all-seeing, all-knowing dragon writing this for Elminster. Dragon, dragon ball. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the dragon. Yeah, uh, a dragon that lives in a magical castle that can land wherever it wants. <laughs> what? Yeah, and but also say no to everybody and get the heck out off, off my lawn. Unless yeah. they feel like playing around a little. This is all. Maybe I'm working. His talent for writing leaves much to be desired. I must say. And Agatha, this, this is these aren't jokes. This is the lore. Yeah, this is real lore. Yeah, this is IRL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was yeah. one section where the narrator was like, no one knows what's in there except me, so here's what's in there. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. thanks for outing yourself? Yeah. So, so like, again, like, I wasn't lying, Agatha, when I said, like, Caratour is, like, this book, this book is jokes. <laughs> book is jokes. Yeah. So, so let's, let's keep moving. I'm, I'm going to yeah. push us to get to page 14. Yeah, I, I know, believe in you. want to get there. Let's get it. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Daniel. Okay, so... Let's do government, uh, governance. We'll do imperial censors. And then when we go into the land, let's kind of like skim. If y'all want to like read ahead, um, we could do that. Because uh, I know we're going to have talks about the plane of the horse. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, one that's, there's, being... there's, there's also the land that views Wa. <laughs> Yeah, so oh let, let's God. let's get there. Let's get there. Okay, okay, go, 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 go. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Each province is defined by the will. No, each province is defined by the will of the emperor as to its boundaries, taxes, and responsibilities. In this, the emperor's will is maintained by the vigilance of the bureaucracy and its agents, uh, the governors of each province. Makes total sense. Uh, below each emperor are the magistrates. We know about them now. 
in charge of maintaining the order of each city or village. Most towns of more than a thousand people have a magistrate. If the town is smaller, it is under the control of the magistrate in the nearest large town. The magistrate is the law of the town. He is responsible for high and low justice, settling disputes, and maintaining order. He has command of a small group of bailiffs or guards whose duty is to patrol the town and adjacent roads, keeping the peace and arresting criminals. Okay. Pretty, pretty standard D&D writing. Yeah. Uh, imperial censors. Of course, even in such an enlightened system, uh, there occasionally arise venal and corrupt officials. Uh, but long ago, the emperor demonstrated his profound wisdom by establishing the imperial censors. This department, part of the Ministry of State Security, sends its agents out secretly to all the provinces. These men investigate reports of corruption, graft, incompetence, and treason. No one, save the emperor, is above their suspicion. The censors often pose as other officials and never reveal their true posts until they are ready to make an arrest. No one, save the highest officials, knows who or how many censors uh, working, working for the government. It is not unknown for the emperor to secretly appoint censors unknown even to the Department of Imperial Censors. Is this is this a shot at the Maoist government? It I think, feels I think like so. it is. It I feels so. like it. I think so. It's like I think they really did themselves a disservice when they basically said the emperor has the ability to use the limited wish spell. Yeah. Mhm. But I mean, this is like okay, so the there's a system of governance, they have, you know, different levels of bureaucracy, which is certainly like a characteristic of China, past and present, right? Uh, and then they, of course, the emperor has spies and this, the spies go out and keep everyone in check. But who keeps the spies in check? Well, there are spies within the spy system. Oh, that's, right. And that's basically what they said here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I don't think it's, I think it's just like, they could have been a little bit more creative. Um, I think, you know, how I think they should have said, well, how do the magistrates owe fealty to the emperor? The emperor appoints them, but how does he keep them under under wraps? Why isn't there a rebellion? How does the emperor quell rebellion? And it's not through spies. The emperor can basically gain favor because I think one of the things that they should have since this is China, they should have done a lot of research into how Chinese people negotiate social relationships, right? The concept of face, the concept of gift giving and reciprocity in China, and the concept of cultivating informal or formal indebtedness. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. that is a huge missed opportunity here because what they could have done was say, you know, the emperor has these vast resources. It's very clear that the emperor is like hella rich, right? Yeah. Scrooge McDuck rich, except it's instead of a vault full of gold coins, it's a vault full, full of jade thrones and the emperor is swimming. <laughs> right? But like, what if they said like a, an easy fix would have been like, look, the emperor pays all of them, hosts annual massive banquets, right at the forbidden city or Ooh. allows these people to visit the forbidden city after dark for these like soirees right 
Like, and the emperor basically like doesn't ask anything in return. But these people feel like they owe the emperor something, and that's why they work for the emperor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a culture of reciprocity and exactly. building relationships as opposed to fear. This is it's just right. complete paranoia, complete fear. This is, yeah, I mean, I know that Maoism has been um, referenced, but I'm thinking of like like during the McCarthy, like uh, McCarthyism and like mm-hmm. the secret. Uh, this is a very... Like, this, this is, is not very. This is still very feels... Cold War esque. Like there's still that yeah. element of the Cold War. I mean, granted, it is right up until the end of the Cold War when this was written. So it's like it's still around. It's still mm. lingering. This I do feel like paranoia. it is an ultimate disservice to the world building, though, that they are trying to blend this idea of ancient imperial China with a lot of prejudices of the Cold War era and the. Yeah the western impressions of the maoist uh, regime like trying to blend the two it does it feels wrong well i actually i think oh sorry michelle no no go ahead agatha it's fine i was just agreeing i i feel like it even more interesting is to incorporate these things that daniel you've mentioned with this kind of like there's so there is the there's like the surface level or like not the surface level, what appears on the surface, which is this kind of like face, like reciprocity kind of like, oh, I am giving you honor, which it's kind of true, right? Like by giving you a face, by like inviting you to these things that recognize your your position or like your achievements or whatever. And now you feel indebted to me because of these things, because I'm the emperor and I'm saying like, oh yeah, as the emperor, I'm saying that you, you hold power, then, then you have to give me something back. So that's on the surface. And then also underneath there is the the secret control as well. I think that could be interesting too. So it's not necessarily that that part has to be thrown away because that also existed, right? Like his Of course. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it would have been so much more interesting if it was a little more culturally relevant in this specific area um, instead of just, of course, Jade Thrones, Jade this, Dragon that. Like that would have been <laughs> sick. Yeah, so so in Chinese culture, like we're talking about two two concepts. We're talking about face, which is something that is like very distinct to Chinese culture, and we're talking about this other concept called guanxi, right? And it's that idea of like unwritten codes of reciprocity um, that exist in all Chinese social relationships, right? It's like inviting people out for dinner. It's like, oh, I paid for dinner this time, right? Let me get the bill. Yeah. And the the mad dash to pay for the the food at yeah, the end that, of that, the yeah, and, and yeah, this that, is that is literally what yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, that knows that now you owe them. Like you really yeah. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be owe. You don't want to have to owe that. So the next time you try even harder to make yeah. sure that you get a one up on them. But yeah. in this case, the emperor is constantly got a one up on you. Yeah. And so you for mm-hmm. you are forever socially indebted to the emperor. So you try to do a good job. You try to maintain your town, your village, and you try to make sure that the emperor looks good. Because if the emperor falls out of favor, you can never repay that social debt you owe the emperor. Yeah. And mm-hmm. tied into that social debt is also the power imbalance, of course, of like, they're the emperor they also can like they your life is also in their hands like at all times so there is the social yeah i i love this daniel this is i've never actually put this into 
where it's like, these are things that I always knew, but I didn't understand how to say it. So and, that and, actually makes so much sense. And this is actually at the core of our Dungeons and Asians adventure, right? So I don't think this is a spoiler or anything. So like core of our Dungeons and Asians adventure is that this massive piece of jade has fallen out of the sky from heaven and it's slowly turning the land into jade, right? It's a slow burn. Um, and the Empress wants this taken care of very fast and very secretly, right? Um, the reason is in historical China, when there have been flood, famine, you know, other natural disasters, these are signs that the mandate of heaven is being shaken and that the gods are literally deciding that like you're not fit to be the ruler anymore. And these are all things that cause the emperor or empress to lose face, right? So in our Dungeons and Asians campaign, it's all about the main characters, the shrimp, <laughs> the foreigner, <laughs> and the assassin, all trying, are all working to ensure that the empress doesn't lose face, right? And they're that, all doing and, this. And, and that setup in and of itself creates another fun dichotomy because, you know, the, the emperor obviously has that, that court dynamic, but then the, the emperor themselves is beholden to the heavens. And, exactly. and how, does the, how does the emperor, empress in this case, uh, very, very good decision there, by the way. Um, how does the empress curry favor with the gods or the, with the heavens? Um, so exactly. it, it all mm -hmm. kind of come, comes top down with, with that construction. And the rules in which you engage with the heavens are also unclear. Uh, you have to be good to the people, but you also have to ensure that you are like a firm ruler and you maintain order. So like being the emperor is a stressful thing because you have to A, maintain relationships with people and B, maintain these informal relationships that you are unsure of how to navigate with heaven. And you are kind of caught in the middle. And that's a really cool thing that you don't see in TTRBGs. You don't see that in D&D because just like, I am the king, I have been appointed and blah, 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 right? You yeah. don't see somebody who's caught in the middle of their people and them being the, the child of heaven. And this isn't even made up. This is Chinese culture. This is Chinese history right there. Like you don't have to yep. make that shit up, mm -hmm. right? So that, anyway. That that scenario is in other cultures as well. Anytime you have rulership based on divine rights, that exists. So disaster uh, shakes faith in the divine right of the ruler. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. But it's the nuances of the relationships that are that are in this network that yeah. you know they fail to do here. And you know, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. The idea of reciprocity in Chinese culture, like guanxi and face, are all are very likely things that they might not have had access to or have ever heard of in the 80s. Right, right. that's true. So we it, have that concept in the West, though. Of the yeah, uh, we, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. Like, but I think, we, but I think, but I think, for, the same. but I think it like just it's it, there's a lot there's a lot of difference in Chinese culture right. with that, uh, and I think they, <laughs> and of course, like how you navigate how you cultivate, you know, reciprocity. I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in that they, they right. probably did not know or had access to information like this. Yeah. And like most, like Agatha, you were like, I didn't know how to articulate that until just now. Yeah. And it's not yeah, a well-known so. thing. I only know about this because I'm actually writing about it in a TTRPG. 
Oh, um, not, nice. Not Avatar. I will say that not Avatar. It's a different one. Okay. Um, I'm not sure when this one's being announced. Um, but yeah. Um, so the, these are our suggestions on how this could be made better. Uh, so let's go to the land, Chuke. Um, and Austin, I read ahead like, a little on this, so it made okay. me laugh. And Austin, I know <laughs> you've got Austin. I know you've got the map open. So if you, <laughs> so yeah. So this area is is now a vast wind and drought swept plain. There we go, drought um, with sparse grass and almost no water. It is said that the Chuke Plateau is haunted by the ghosts from the un from the dead imperial capital of Kuomelan, <gasps> who scream eternally in the frozen night that's what made me laugh anytime you yeah. tell me that something's screaming i assume it's non-stop <laughs> so this is just like <gasps> this is just <laughs> a freaking desert like i i, I love the loudest it, because, desert on earth <laughs> yeah because you can because it's a it's a mostly lands a windswept uh plane right so it's like you can't tell if it's the wind or the screen or is the constant screaming <laughs> no i just <laughs> Imagine like Futurama style. That's just like nonstop <laughs> high volume screaming. Yeah. So like you can hear it in the distance if you're even anywhere in the region. Like you know That's where beautiful. the streaking desert is. <laughs> so 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 for me, um, there's some good stuff here. So if you go to history, it's like in this is the original province in which the empire began, originally known as Chuta Chu the Great Province. Um, for one full dynasty, the original Sholong Empire flourished here. The land was a fertile open plain in which millet and barley were grown. By the end of the Li dynasty, and again, like Agatha and Austin, there's no context as to what these dynasties look like, and these years don't mean anything. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, the nine immortals, seeing the decadence of the court, decimated the kingdom with drought and fire forcing the survivors to flee southward the only part of this i like is that yes this is this is the plateau and this is supposed to be northern china this is supposed yeah. to be like right Xi'an. and they're like they don't eat rice here they grow millet and barley and yeah. i'm like a plus hey. yeah <laughs> and i was like hey they did something right <laughs> they, they did something like, right yeah archaeology like we we have that whole thing going on too like yeah there's there's literally like you can't grow rice here because it's all lush. It's all like windblown silt and it's a very, mm -hmm. very shallow growing layer and you can only grow millet and barley here. And it's like, boom, way to go. That's it. So the people, the people of Chuke are the tallest of the show, slender with high cheekbones. They're the only show who commonly have reddish or brown hair rather than the usual black. In fact, the term for a red haired person is Chukien. Uh, they are somewhat wild in temperament with a cold anger that reflects their courageous bearing. They are excellent horsemen and swordsmen. This is Mongolia, right? This is supposed to be Mongolia, but also the uh, Tocharians. Because yeah, um, I noticed when I'm looking at the map, the um, one of the northernmost cities, Kangste uh, or something like that, the way, the way that it's written out and it's got like an apostrophe between the TE, it it looks to me like someone was trying to evoke the idea of, of Mongolia in, in the right. construction of the words. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, um, these are the Tocharians. Um, so mm -hmm. in, in China, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put this in the, the, put this in the chat for everyone so they can look it up and I'll throw it in our Zoom chat as well. Uh, these are supposed to be the Tocharians. Um, they are from the Tarim Basin, which is 
basically like Northwest China, like the border of, you know, China and like the Western parts of Asia. Um, these are, you know, these are, this is a completely distinct culture. Um, there are also like mummies. Uh, I have to look up where they are. Um, but yeah, this is, they're, they're trying to describe a very different people. Um, yeah. I, I will say I, I do appreciate that the book does depict the fact that there are within these countries and cultures and always have been different kind of ethnic groups uh, with their own traditions that are outside the norm of the kind of oh. the, the imperial, cent the central imperial yeah. groups. Yeah, yeah sure. the, these are the, yeah. Term. This is this is these are the Tareem mummies. Um, uh, I think that's honestly like a really cool thing that they've included in this, and I think it's important that we talk about the the good things in this book too. I think the only thing that I would have, I, I think the thing that I would have removed from this is their temperament because you're basically saying a whole people are wild and yeah. are yeah. are yeah. angry. I think, and that's like a thing that D and D has only started to try to fix officially. Yeah. Yeah, um, like it's so unrealistic. And I understand if they want to say they are perceived this way by yes. the general, like the average person of like the capital, maybe. This is how they're perceived. Mm -hmm. But that's something that you can then play in. But saying that they are this is like, okay, well, here are my options. If I'm from this area, I'm angry and cold and wild <laughs> yeah. it's kind of an interesting dichotomy that they draw here too the wild and temperament kind of gives you the idea of a very you know fiery fiery people yeah. Yeah. but then the the dichotomy of the the cold the anger um, so they're very passive aggressive right oh gosh <laughs> oh, actually no. so extremely passive aggressive mongol mongol horsemen uh-huh oh. Daniel, when you said Tokarian, I'm just looking it up right now uh, on Wikipedia. So yeah. is, are you talking about like Xinjiang, but like- Yes, the Xinjiang okay. mummies. Okay, yeah. so historically. Yeah, this is also kind of interesting because it is drawing on, like there are a lot of Chinese stereotypes, like popular Chinese culture stereotypes about people from Xinjiang is that is like very similar as well. And it's also very problematic, like yeah. where it's like, yes, they're good with horses, which makes sense. Like they worked with horses more- Emma, I'm sure you would um, <laughs> know more about this than I do. And they're they're also usually portrayed as being passionate, uh, athletic, um, and quick to anger. Um, and also like this cold, I think, in the context of these kind of stereotypes is like they, they're distant in that they keep like if if you don't got their respect, they they're not gonna respect you. Like that kind of vibe. I think and they're saying aloof. I think they're trying to say aloof. Aloof, yeah. And mm -hmm. there's there there are a lot of things that are really problematic about yeah the specific stereotypes about Xinjiang. But it's really interesting that that is one of the things that this section really has a good idea of. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's odd because it's like wow, they it's like they did some research. Yeah. Um, but that's also like we said, this is those two sentences, the horsemen and swordsmen, and then their temperament, those two sentences need to go. I think it's really yeah. interesting that yes. they're saying that there is a lot of diversity within show. And I think yes. honestly, it's hella progressive. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like this. Cause uh, you know, we, we look at, you know, 
other Asian settings that it's just like everyone looks the same. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. And oh, it's like, runs into that problem. Like yeah. with yeah. Uh, yeah. outside of like the unicorn and the crab, everyone's kind of And the crane. The crane has white hair. No, they dye it. They dye their hair. And we oh, they dye it. They dye their hair. We don't okay. care about the crane. They, the crane. Okay, cool. The only the one we care. Off. The only one we care about is the crab. Look, the crab. <laughs> the, the crab's just preventing everyone from getting that taint. Um, <laughs> I, I would like True. to consider myself an expert on L five R lore. Specifically oh, wow. the lore. Specifically well, we have the lore. read the core book. <laughs> specifically the lore of the core book. Um, I, I will say, I will say, like, I would have taken out those two sentences and I would have taken out the fact that this is like an inhospitable land because people live there. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you take yeah. those two things away and you say, hey, this is a geographically unique place. They grow different things here. And to outsiders, this might be like, whoa, this is like, it, it might look inhospitable, but these people are thriving. Right. Right. I would have said that. And then you, when you, when you, in your campaign setting, would you say a place is like, there are ghosts who go, and scream yeah. eternally, right? So I had to say scream eternally for the audio listeners. Um, mm-hmm. When you say that there's a place and there's like ghosts and it's like dead, the only incentive to visiting there is to raid tombs yep. and fight right. monsters. But when you say, you know, these people look different, they uh, have, they farm different ingredients, the land, they're thriving, they have knowledge that is outside that of the forbidden city, you right. immediately open yourself up to more story options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So looking at the map too, I feel like I gotta point this out just um, geographically. So this is interesting. Uh, Chuke uh, borders uh, a, a large expanse called the Horse Plains um, Coming up to nice. the west. Uh, <laughs> and the Dragon Wall actually ends pretty much where Chuke begins allowing an actual road access to this. Uh, there's a desert and then the horse plains um, just to the west of it. So it's it definitely in, in geographic location evokes the idea of that final frontier where civilization yeah. hasn't touched. Yeah, and also like, I'm just going back to the descriptions that are here that are again, really accurate about like Chinese stereotypes or like that have been, like the the hair color too, and the way that they refer to these people. Um, hold on. And I think we should clarify. You're saying Chinese stereotypes of of other Chinese people. Yes, of people from Xinjiang and yeah. like like the northwest of China. Sorry, yes, that's that is what I meant. What is in popular Chinese understanding of like of other Chinese people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think that's an important distinction to make because on this show, we often talk about stereotypes of Chinese people, but people can hold stereotypes of of themselves. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, this is, mm-hmm. this is one. Yeah. And like what they said, like the they have like reddish or brown hair. And then like the term for a red haired person is like Chukian or whatever. That, that is actually like referencing kind of like, um, a little bit of a slur, I think, in Ch- in in Chinese about like people from the West that that actually originated from slurs <laughs> towards people that are in now Western parts of China. Um, so like the part that's close to e- Eastern Eastern Europe and that, stuff. So, that, so that, I find that really interesting yeah. too. I, I find that interesting, but also a little jarring, right? Like we've got yeah. um, this really very strange um 
setting with like the forbidden city and or the not so forbidden city um as well as a bunch of other stuff and then we've got this very real world opinion yeah especially about especially now because of what's going on with the genocide yes Mm -hmm. right i think what they could have done and there is no way that the folks who wrote this would have known about that yes that's and it, there, there's no way they would have known. Like, I, I guarantee it. But I think what they could have done was said that, hey, this region, Chuke, which is 100% Xinjiang, they, they should have said this is a hub for, tra- for trade outside right. of, of, mm-hmm. of show, right? Since they are on that border of the wall, they have access to materials yeah. and information outside, right? They are uh, mat- brokers of material culture, but also knowledge. They do and say they, that, though. If you look at those cities or places, yeah, they do say that. They say that the the northernmost city, uh, Kangse, is a major train town, a trade town. Right. Um, okay, cool. There's also a a major mining city, which and this is bothering me. Um, the mining city is in the middle of the province. It does not connect to the main road. <laughs> I, yeah. I agree with that because that actually is that defeats the whole point of having a mining city. <laughs> yeah. Like how are my like Oh, and then our favorite one, Kuomelan. Kuomelan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's it's a very strangely disparate description of this place that yeah. has fierce people. I guess the, the general conceit that you're I guess someone who doesn't know would take away is like, yeah, this place is um, basically like a deserted people ride around on horses and there's just eternal screaming from the monster city. Like that's, that's, and then there's a trade, but it, it just sort of, there's not a lot of interconnectivity, right? right. Like we're not getting a rich right. tapestry of like the culture and the people. The religion. Comprise, yes, mm-hmm. the religion. There's not like a real beautiful little like microcosm here of 2K. It's just like, it's very, fact, it's very fact, sparse, fact. very brief. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I, that does seem to be the case for every province. It's just boiled down okay. into a few paragraphs. Yeah. So, I which mean, like, really, which is yeah. really saying something because Chuke, because it is at the border of the Dragon Wall, and is in Austin, you're looking at the map. Is it one of the, is the road leading out? Is it the one that like leads? has the is it a road that leads further all the way back to like the more it, it goes like it goes like west off of the map okay so yeah well, so, well, there, so this would be so, so this would be a place that adventurers coming from like the other side of like the sword coast would be coming in and being like this is the first place you're gonna see uh not necessarily i would think because the sword coast um they would come in through sea if i'm not mistaken so the right but if they looking came from, at like, the places like fey and other areas of like of the of the unapproachable east region yeah because the, the, the road leads north so it's into this uh it's a court or woo high tai oh okay um so the that is their northern road and the road that that main road actually goes south into the show the show empire okay. uh connecting eventually to the capital um like that main road flows through the emperor into the capital um, and then there is another westward road. So that could potentially be an, an entry point since that western road does does circumvent the the dragon wall um, and goes west to the horse plain. So if that leads to a port, which I don't see a port on this part of the map, but if seeing kind of where the land s- starts to terminate, um, that road and 
ends and there's like a pathway to an oasis where I assume there was probably a city there, even though there's right. nothing marked. Um, but that would, in theory, be an access to the west if if there's like a, a seaport over there. But it's not shown right. on this map that I'm looking at. And there is another road through the southern dragon um through the southern dragon wall and through the mountains. So I'm betting that's probably where where Faerun or um uh Abertoro was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um where where those people would probably come in and they would actually come in through the Mai Yuan province. Right. If uh, my read of this map is correct, and that's the next one we've got on. Okay, our list. I'm trying to uh I'm trying to. I, I found the French map as well, so I'm trying to. Uh, I'll I'll link it and and yeah, link it. Oh no, I, 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 I've got I the have, map. I'm just trying to find where it is. I yeah. I have more questions actually because I'm reading this. I I'm reading the description right now where it says uh, Taoyang maintains a border garrison, blah blah blah, covering the junction of the console and the spice roads. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's fine. Oh, uh, but before that, it says that there's um. <laughs> is a major trade town on the Guangzhou road to Koryo. So is that is is Koryo Kor- like a, Koryo's Korea? Koryo's Korea. Korea. Oh, yeah, okay, so that, so that, that is the exactly okay. the equivalent. Okay, yes. I was just wondering about that. Um, They're not subtle yeah. about names. They're not really subtle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Tab Tabat is Tibet. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. And yeah. not a women's clothing store, yeah. No. I'm trying to find this place on the map. So the map, it's the northern area. There's a uh, mountainous border that goes into like a yeah, green ca- country. Yeah. I'm looking at a mountainous border. I'm looking at Kazari. Or am I, am I not far? Oh, I might be. Oh, Chuke, there it is. I yeah. see. I'm yeah, Chuke is like very, very far north, right underneath those mountains. Yeah, gotcha. that city in the middle is is the mining town that's not connected to any roads. That frustrates me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, maybe all the roads are underground. They're mining. That would be that cool. Could be cool. Like, that's that's really cool. I could but take that. That'd be a cool adventure. I, I could. I could also see it where because it does state that it's cl- that it is actually close to Koumelon. That that's the reason why there's no major roads because they're like, we don't need to go there. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's you're mining the there, like, you do need to go there because those are yeah. resources that you need. Yeah. So, so there's Chuke. I put it on our. Uh, on this, I, I'm just gonna. I, I was like, why didn't I just put this on the stream? True. Um, yeah. So I, I I put it up on the stream so everyone could see. This is the. Nice. This is the little mining mm-hmm. town. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, let's let's go let's go back um, and talk about this. So let's go to. Oh, actually, it's two o'clock. Oh yeah, my god, I think we're, we're out of time. Okay, time. so so we got. <laughs> damn it! Two pages only. <laughs> <laughs> That's we got the double digits finally. We reached we double got digits. There. <laughs> got the so, double so digits. At, at the rate of two pages per month in this uh, 264-page yeah. document we've got here. Yeah, I think I see how it is. This happens. <laughs> I, I think I think we could definitely get through most of the geography. Um, like fairly fast. Yeah. I think that Chuke one was just like, whoa, we we were not expecting to talk about Xinjiang and then it just happened. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there are like certainly like, I, I have a lot of mixed feelings. It's like, yeah, you know, it's cool that they're showing sort of like ethnic diversity within show. 
but then yes. it's also like they've i think they've inadvertently fallen into something that's very chinese in terms of the stereotypes there yeah which it, which yeah. i find really interesting it would yeah. not yeah. surprise me if they've at least though some of the writers talked to some chinese folk who may have passed along some of these prejudices oh, oh yeah. yeah definitely and that's A why lot, I don't think they did academic research into this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although was, was the, the academia at the time particularly? Yeah. Yeah. The ter- the terrain base is, some- is something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Emma, you were saying? Oh, just if in the eighties there, it's not like China and East Asia was closed off here. Like they might've been getting a lot of secondhand information if it's like, back and forth particularly with Japan because like this is the height of like US Japan business interaction so mm-hmm. like i can see them picking up a lot of random information and things or people are coming to america to go to school and do business and all of that kind of stuff so like this is yeah. kind of the height of the japanese economic boom wasn't it yeah it is yeah, yeah. it was the big bubble um yep yeah the thing that kind of just again uh, that that's what's i think what the reason why it feels so different is probably because i would not be surprised if this was written by someone else completely different right oh, um okay. like yeah. these these yeah. books are as we've established it's usually a my cat sorry um <laughs> never apologize for cats he's, <laughs> he's so cute and he just wants to be around us um but we've established that these books one like there was probably not a lot of money put into them, right? Um, so there's probably less incentive to do proper research. But two, there, I'm guessing that like whoever wrote this section probably had to go talk. Like they, they definitely did talk to someone and they definitely brought in those opinions into this. And that's why it feels so discordant um, mm. in a lot of ways. Well, and I- again, that's just, I think that's just like maybe just or logistics handling, perhaps on on Wazi's part back back in the day. Uh, this is TSR. This is TSR. This is TSR. Oh, TSR. Yes, my yeah, bad. TSR. Yeah. I know TSR. I'm trying to remember because they there was a point in TSR which kind of led to its downfall, where they, if memory serves, they installed a very like right wing Christian woman who kind of drove it into the ground. Yeah. Um, so, but budget wise, I definitely just reading this in general on kind of the caliber and quality of what is coming out. This, I agree. This does not feel like a large budget tentpole production. Um, well, I remember they got um, Bawa, which I pulled up on the map. It's it's literally in the bottom right corner. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be their their Southeast Asia. Um, I remember the guy who wrote Bawa was like like fresh out of high school or something. Yeah. What? Uh, yep. Yeah. What? Fresh, out of, fresh out of high school had like put together all of these notes and then like almost none of it went into the book. Oh, <gasps> yep. Because Bawa is really short in the book. Like it's a super really tiny short section. Yeah. It's a super tiny section. So like I, Austin, I think you're hundred percent right about, you know, your, your commentary on the, the nature of the writing that went into this. Like I, I, like the quality is so inconsistent mm. and it is so clear that there is not, there isn't really a single vision, right? Cause everything is so out of order. The structure is just so poor. And I think that's the one thing that's holding us back as we, as we read this, it's like, 
it's hard to get a grasp of what you're looking at here. Right. Um, right. What, we're, what we're looking at is I feel like we would have struggled even more if Austin hadn't had the map open. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really helpful. That was very helpful. Like the mining yep. town. What? What? Oh, God. Like I said, like I'm a logistics guy. Like I have to know that location. Hey. Like, it's it's hey. I have to have that that's spatial idea of what's going on here. Apparently mm. Mary is now the logistics guy. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine on the fellowship, Mary's like, okay, fam, if we're gonna make it to Mordor. We have to take this route. We need this many supplies. Yo, Elrond, I need this much Lembus bread. Let's like, How much better? Give us something better than Lembus, because this is crap. Did we have we heard back from the Eagles? No, we haven't heard back from the Eagles okay. yet. Oh, yo, okay, okay, fine. Okay, yo, Gandalf, Gandalf, I know you, you got friends with Eagles. Bilbo told me, you think you can just fly us over there? And if I- Has if your I, moth come back yet? If my, if, my math, if my math is correct, if we drop the ring from this angle, it will land in the lava. Problem solved. I'm Mary. Logistic. So many things could have gone so oh, much gosh. faster. Wow. <laughs> Uh, look this is like, the au that we need <laughs> yes this is true enough. But, you know our next stream is gonna be let's like let's rewrite lord of the rings that that said like you know like based on this conversation i'm so happy like i miss mackenzie but you know i'm happy that austin mackenzie <laughs> austin and agatha you both have joined us because your insight has been you know very unique and has contributed a lot to this conversation. Um, I definitely love, I love how we brought a lot of our real life experiences and our cultural knowledge into this episode. Um, I feel like every single month we get better and better um, at this. Um, that said, if you want to follow these amazing people, all of their socials are on screen. If you're listening to the audio, all of their socials are going to be in the description. Uh, please follow them. Go to unbreakablerpg.com, buy Unbreakable Volume 1, buy Unbreakable uh, Revolution, Unbreakable Volume 2, 3, and what's the Pathways. Thing? Pathways. Buy all four Unbreakable books that come out this year. Support Asian creators, right? Support independent publishers like Austin and pre-order Candlekeep Mysteries at your local. (laughs) 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 And, you know, like hire Emma and Agatha as cultural consultants and, yo, listen to Michelle's MTG podcast. Thank you. We try. (laughs) Like this. Like we're trying here on Asians Represent and I'm so grateful for all of you who are listening to the audio, watching us live or watching us on YouTube. It means the world to us. And I'm just happy that we get to have these conversations because even if nobody was watching or listening, the fact that we're talking about this and the fact that we're sharing our experiences has certainly enriched, is enriching for me as a creative and as a designer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. bless very, up y'all. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here as well. Me too. All the yeah, time. This was yeah. a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys uh, having me yeah. on, so I can yeah. scream about roads. Yeah. <laughs> Why are there no roads? <laughs> like, I, I think the proper though, thing. I think if you were if you were screaming, I feel like Austin. If you were a ghost in Juke, yeah. you'd be eternally <laughs> screaming about roads. You'd be like roads. I was just Logistics. imagining like, this, this, all of the well, screaming like, ghosts and just Austin there going like, "Why are there no roads?" 
<laughs> or, or, or what if Austin, Austin was... really be upset about the fact that these roads are, are not well kept? If we're a major okay. like vein for a for an important city, <laughs> or, or what? Well, I'd be yelling at, at the the miners like this could be easier. <laughs> what if, what if the yelling guys. was just? What if the yelling is just the ghosts of Kuomelan yelling at the mining city, being like, "We have been waiting for these roads for so long. We're <laughs> we're we promised okay. roads. We still we're have promised. no roads." <laughs> okay. In all in all seriousness, here's an adventure. If you're going to use Chuke and this mining town, which one's the mining town? It's uh, it's the one that has no roads. <laughs> is the centrally located city uh, Kang, of uh, Kangsa is the one I think. That's the one that no, no, no. Yellow. I think it's Fukio. Fukio. Yeah, Fukio. So oh. here's here's an adventure. You're going to Fukio and you encounter ghosts. And there are all of these ghosts of maybe laborers. And one of them stands out. Looks like Austin. And one of them stands out. <laughs> this one was... Who has long hair and a ponytail. <laughs> well, this one was a magistrate of this mining town. And they all died because they couldn't get supplies. There was a big drought. Maybe there's some sort of event. And in order to send these ghosts off to the afterlife... Y'all got to build some roads. And yeah. the players mm. build a road and it connect, It finally symbolically connects the mining town to the rest of, you know, the literal pathways around Sholung. And the ghosts are just like, the ghost of Austin oh. is finally just like, finally, <laughs> they vanish. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, the, and, so the sure the and if you it. want obstacles, you have to actually get proper permits to build the roads. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, and so then does that mean you have to go to the other ghost bureaucrats? And it's just an adventure of role playing and negotiating with ghosts. And you have to give them gifts. Yeah, you have to offer yes! You have to give them gifts. You have to get like the paper paper stuff. You gotta burn it. Yo, yeah, you gotta burn. Uh, also, paper you gotta money. you gotta find the old money. documents where the emperor pro like promised funding. Exactly. For this. Oh my god. Yo, Your Jackie, this is my this, this is my this is my unbreakable volume three pitch. Do you accept? <laughs> I would accept it. <laughs> uh, that said, everyone, thank you for tuning in on Twitch, YouTube, or the podcast. We appreciate y'all, and just have a great day. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.